So thank you for tuning in to another episode of A Business Minute. I'm your boy, Sir. And today I got another special guest, a comic book fanatic, uh, a great associate of mine who I've recently come into contact with via networking. Shout out to Malcolm Banks of Fandoms Anonymous. Uh, today I'm with Alex Hampton, uh, a longtime filmmaker, editor, uh, writer, screenplay uh, producer uh, of Momentum Media on YouTube. How you doing today, brother? I am doing good, Jeremy. Thank you for having me on the show, man. It's a pleasure to be here. Hey, man, it's it's a pleasure of mine, uh, to be honest with you. I love to highlight people I've come into contact with that are equally passionate about what they love, whether it be a hobby, a career, uh, even if it's an event they're hosting, I'm always pleased to highlight you guys. You guys give me strength to keep moving. But, um, but Alex, if you could, for those of you that, you know, the people listening that haven't heard of you or, or don't know what it is exactly that you do could you explain what it is that you do brother yes sir like um <clears throat> so um uh, my name is alex hampton i am the uh founder slash ceo of momentum media which is on my youtube channel this is my youtube channel i'm also a uh filmmaker uh slash director slash actor um and at momentum media i uh basically produce my own short films um, slash feature films. I haven't produced a feature film yet, but I'm in the works of doing something of that nature. Um, but on, but what I do on my YouTube channel, I talk about movies, pop culture, and a lot of media-based things. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a show called Ask Alex, where I take all the questions from my subscribers or uh, just Twitter followers or Instagram followers and answer them on my show. They have to be relevant to like you know pop culture or breaking movie news, anything of that nature. And I do that about twice a week. I don't have a consistent set schedule with that, but I should. But I do it uh, twice a week. Also, I have another show on there called Hero TV, where I talk about superheroes that I love, that I watched growing up. Um, I'm currently revamping that show, so I haven't done an episode of that just yet. I haven't done an episode of that recently, but um, in the near future, I will put out more content for that. And um, But yeah, at Momentum Media, I collaborate with a lot of people like Malcolm, our mutual friend, and uh, Jeremy, uh, G. Branch, and just a lot of other YouTubers. I also interview um, a lot of actors, directors, uh, people you've seen on TV mm-hmm. or in movies. Uh, I got an up-and-coming interview that I won't announce just yet, but stay tuned for it. You guys are going to love it. Oh, man. But, yeah, uh, that's what we do at uh, Momentum Media. All right, brother. And uh, how long have you been active, you know, with directing and everything and also with Momentum Media? So it's funny, like before uh, I uh, uh, I changed my YouTube channel name to Momentum Media, it was originally Brand New Productions. And I had always been into film and like video editing. Mm-hmm. But like, um, and I went to school for uh, for uh, for TV and film. My my actually my degree is actually in um, screenwriting and um, screenwriting and uh, film production. So I I never knew like like no one taught me. Not really even in school. No one really taught me how to make a movie. So I was like one day back in 2016. Um, I was like, you know, I'm gonna do something different. I'm gonna be a little bit more consistent on my YouTube channel. And I'm gonna make my first first film. So back in 2016, I made a short film called Static Shock the Movie, based mm-hmm. off one of my favorite uh, comic book characters, um, and uh, that's still currently on my channel right now. Yeah. And that's when it went back as uh, Brandon Productions. And since then, like 
since then, I just caught the bug. I, I learned how to write a, 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 a movie script, and then I, um, I learned how to produce and edit. And mind you, when I shot that film, it was all from my iPhone. Wow. And now I have I actually have the camera and the equipment and the thing that I need to, to make films now. But um but yeah, like I, I've been doing it since twenty sixteen and um since then I needed to, to develop a I needed to rebrand my brand. So branding productions to me didn't sound uh it didn't sound like it fitted my content. So mm-hmm. um actually Malcolm, I called Malcolm one day, I said, Hey, you know, I know you're good at rebranding and coming up with different things. Can you help me come up with this name for my channel? <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, literally, we we spent about two weeks trying to figure it out, and then we came up with Momentum Media, and I started I started that uh, that that name for my channel back uh, in January of this year. And um, since then, you know, we just been. Um, booming with uh, new content. I've been getting a lot of views. Uh, I started up uh, um, interviewing uh, guests, or interviewing uh, actors and stuff. But um, now, uh, since then, though, uh, let me backtrack a little bit. I did do two other films. I did uh, Miles Morales, The New Kid, which is based off Miles Morales, uh, Spider-Man. Right. And also did a sequel to uh, Static Shock. It's called Static Shock Uprising, which all three of those movies on my channel momentum media and um that was right when i was wrapping up um the name brand new productions and that's when i changed it to and like months later i changed it to momentum media and like i said since then since that change i don't know i just a lot of doors have opened up for me uh i've been uh, meeting up with uh producers here in orlando Mm. um other filmmakers as well so I've been doing it for I've been doing it for a little over three years consistently, and um, man, I'm I'm just excited. I'm currently developing a film right now that I haven't really announced yet. I haven't said any, said what the name is yet, but um, yeah, I'm just getting that together and just learning how to transition into a bigger city, which is Orlando, and I'm getting my feet wet in this city. All right, man. No, and and I wish you the best. Uh... That's the one thing I admire about you. I, I've been following your channel since, you know, uh, we've all started kind of networking and, and sitting and chatting a bit. Um, I, I, I did peep your uh, your films. The uh, I caught the static, static, the static shock movies. And uh, I was blown away, man. Like some of the things like I, I can tell that you're into the art of filmmaking by the right. angles that you take it just isn't oh, okay shot for shot for shot you actually have transitions you have angles highlighting action you you have clever camera positioning to tell the story as well so as somebody who studied filmmaking as well i can appreciate you know your love of that craft brother so kudos to you on that thank now, you bro i appreciate that no problem no problem so i wanted to ask though we didn't really get on onto this one. What what really inspired that that bug in you to want to make films? So, um, it, it's it's and this is a I call it a untypical story. So, like, all right, growing up, <clears throat> growing up, my parents they I wouldn't say they sheltered me, but like we were never allowed when I was like maybe like ten or eleven to have internet in the house because they feared that we would be talking to strangers or, you know, doing something we weren't supposed to be doing. Right. So 
when I would go to school, um, we had, at school we had this program called Windows Movie Maker. Oh and, yeah. And I would just, you know, like in school we couldn't, you know, in school you can't really get on the internet unless it's like a school related website. So what I would do was is that I was really into like Mega Man and like Mega Man Battle Network and I just start taking pictures from Google and putting into Windows Movie Maker and start making slideshows. And there was something about it that just, I just fell in love with making slideshows. And I wasn't the popular kid. I mean, I wasn't a nerd or anything, but it was just like, I didn't, I really kept to myself. I was very introverted. And um, I just, I, I would come home and just like watch certain shows like, um, we had, I would watch Law and Order and I would just love the way that they would tell a story on screen. I always right. said visually, when you watch something visually, it's the best form of storytelling. That and music, I believe that and music are the best form of storytelling. And I felt like everybody in school had a niche. Like it was either some dude was better than in basketball. There was somebody in football. There was somebody that was a wannabe rapper or a rapper. There was somebody doing these other things. And I never really could find my niche, but that time I started playing with Windows Movie Maker, it just stuck with me. So my dad, he, he worked in Atlanta. When we were in Pensacola, he worked in Atlanta and he would come home on certain days when he was off. Mm-hmm. And my dad would bring back his laptop and he had an Alienware, like kind of weird laptop. And um, we again, we didn't have internet. So what I did was, I took all of my uh, Fast and Furious movies, it was like one through four, Mm-hmm. And I, I basically took the, the, the videos on well the movies off the disc and put them on the laptop. I don't know how I did it. I just did it, and I cut them up in Windows Movie Maker, and I made a, a potential Fast and Furious trilogy trailer. I don't know how I did it. <laughs> I just did it, and I was just like, oh, yo, this, this is good. And I remember, I remember saving it. And I showed my mom, and my mom was like, yo, this is, you did this? I was like, yeah, it was really good. So I showed my friends, and then um, as I got older, we figured out a way in school how to break through a firewall to get into the internet and, like, really study this. So back in, like, 2009, um, I uh, I found a way how to get make my, my YouTube channel, which was called something completely different than Brandon Productions. I forget what it was, but, and I just started making slideshows and then from that point on there was this one film that I was introduced to um, this, this is a classic film it was called House Party the kid in play yeah and I love I love I love that I love that movie but there was something about that movie that I loved cinematically that just was like yo I want to do that so as I got into school I started learning, you know, the camera equipment, the newsroom that we would do at school mm-hmm. to do our morning news. I would learn the camera equipment. And then I would learn, you know, how to shoot stuff from certain angles. And then for my church back home, I would create slideshows of our youth group, you know, just different pictures and videos and put them together. And then, I don't know, like when I turned 16, I just started studying the different programs like uh, I moved, and at that time, I didn't really have um, a laptop. I was just using my father's, and um, I was studying like Mac products, like MacBook products, Apple products, and 
you know, uh, Premiere Pro and all these different things. And as I got older, I was like, yo, this is something I want to do. So once we finally got internet at the house when I was like 17, 18, um, I would download stuff from YouTube. And I'm gonna try to keep this a little bit short. I would download stuff from YouTube, cut them up, cut up, uh, cut them up. And I remember when Fast and Furious Five came out, I put out a Fast and Furious Six trailer, which <laughs> was like basically different uh, scenes from the different movies and put them all together. Right. And literally within the first six months, it got over 500,000 views. And YouTube at the time was very strict at copyright. Right. So they they immediately once I hit 500,000. They immediately emailed me and said, "Listen, um, if you don't take this channel, this this YouTube uh, video down, we're gonna take off your channel." I was like, "Dang!" Man. So I I removed it, and I was like, "Well, how can I create my own original content?" So I would do movie reviews here and there, and then I was like, "You know, I love doing movie reviews and I like doing commentary, but I want to do filmmaking." So. Um, in college, I studied the art of filmmaking and started working on certain projects with other my friends. And I also did that in high school as well. And then it wasn't until literally maybe six or seven months after I got married to my wife, I was like, I put a post on Facebook. I'll never forget it. I put a post on Facebook. I said, hey, guys, um, if I were to make a Static Shock movie, would y'all watch it? <clears throat> and immediately, like literally within the next five to ten minutes, I got like 33 responses saying, do it, do it. You love the art, go do it, do it. And mind you, I had never recorded anything on a film, in a, in a film way ever. And then I learned that there was uh, this movie called Perks of a Wallflower that yeah. was shot on an, on an iPhone. I was like, okay, I'm gonna use my iPhone. And I had iMovie on my phone and I did, and I, that's how I put together Static Shock, and I also use other programs as well, but that's how I, I put together Static Shock, the movie, and since then, since I studied film and just learned the art of cameras and production and acting and directing, mm -hmm. I was like, I want to do this full-time, so I talked to my wife, I said, you know, babe, I would love to do this, she was like, you know, I support you in anything, and since then, I've just been doing it, and Nobody in my family that I know of, at least, is mm -hmm. into any form of media like that. So I wanted to be the first to do to be the standout and say, okay, if I make it in this, I want to be like really good at it. So as you can see, like like you say, when you saw my films, Static Shock the movie is drastically different from Static Shock Uprising. Obviously, yeah. When you look at those two films, you can definitely tell that the first one was shot on a phone versus the other film was actually shot on high-def cameras. Right. So, so yeah, I, 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 that's how I would wrap that up. Like, it's just a, a, it's just like a, a serious thing, a series of things that happened in my life where I was like, all right, I definitely want to be a part of this culture. Mm. But in order for me to be a part of this culture, I have to literally love the culture and study it. So right. that's, that's essentially what I did. All right. Awesome, bro. <laughs> now... That brings me to my next question. With the experience that you've gained so far making films and kind of delving into these projects, you know, that were passionate, you know, for you, these passion projects, were there any obstacles that you encountered along the way, you know, that kind of refined who you are today? So, <laughs> okay, so let me just say, when I 
made Static Shock the movie, uh, it was definitely a learning experience. Like, so like I, at my in all three of my movies, I never paid anybody. I I didn't get paid either. So, mm. you you know when you're doing a film, especially your first film, and nobody's getting a check, um, I'm not gonna say that they don't want it as bad as you, but I'll say that. You know, a lot of people, the people that I work with, which are great people, I have nothing bad to say about them. But a lot of people that I work with, you know, it was kind of hard managing their schedules with my schedule to to put out this project. And, you know, at first, um, I made the mistake of when I was doing this not to include my wife. Uh. And, And that, in a way, hurt me because... When I first told my wife that I wanted to make a movie, she initially was like, you know, are you are you serious? Are you joking? Like she didn't know if I was being serious or not. So I kind of took I took it offensively, and I, and I had to really think about. It. I was like, well, I never really expressed to my wife that I was actually going to do this because a lot of people told me. I'm sure you've heard this before. Go to school, get your degree, and then you'll be doing your career. Well, I don't need a degree to make a movie. Sorry, I, right. I mean, there are filmmakers right now who are top notch who don't who've never been to college. But anyway, uh, that's that's another story in itself. But anyway, um, the challenge that I had, the challenges that I did have is that you know I made the mistake not telling my wife, and then when I um, when I finally explained it to her, um, she was on board, and I uh, she kind of helped me with uh, with how she helped me with the costuming and she helped me with you know how to tell this character in my lens like why how would I want to do this and another obstacle I ran into is that obviously production so 97% of Static Shock the movie was shot on my iPhone now I when I was at when I was in college we had this thing called the Skylab where I could do um, where I could go and edit my film in their their little editing bay, um, which I had to pay like I think like well well it's free but like after a certain amount of time I had to pay like five or six dollars and mind you I didn't have the 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 equipment at the time to uh, edit this film especially doing the special effects right. so it was that was in itself was challenging but using the Skylab was uh, was pretty useful but there were times where I was in the Skylab literally for twelve hours. Um, editing a 30 second scene wow that was so challenging and mind you I I, I studied enough to learn the bare basics but I really didn't really didn't know what I was getting into so I had a lot of obstacles with Static Shock Uprising and a lot of people don't know this but the, the guy I fight at the end of that movie he wasn't even supposed to be in the movie to begin with the guy I originally <laughs> cast for the movie dropped out and then I cast someone else and then he dropped out and then the guy that I'm fighting in the movie was literally last minute I was like yo this is the last thing I gotta do for this movie yo would you be interested he was like yeah we literally shot that we we literally set that up within like three days wow man man like I can tell you when you were casting when you were doing a a short film and nobody's getting getting paid or 
or no one's being as locked in as you, it can be very challenging. Um, just dealing with the different schedules and stuff. So personally, I ran into a lot of obstacles. Also, ran into a lot of writing obstacles. Like the way that that film is shot, mm-hmm. I guarantee you that I wrote that movie completely differently. Like you were supposed to see me flying in that movie. You don't see me flying at all in that movie. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, there are things that are there is supposed to be in that movie where my Visa car said no. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, in that movie, I, I, and for that movie, that movie, that budget for that movie was about $500 that I can't that came out of my own pocket. And then that, and then I learned from making Miles Morales the new kid was another $500 that came out of my own pocket, but I had a little bit more understanding, and with Miles Morales' new kid, that took what, that took me like six months to shoot, and um, Static Shock, the movie, my first movie, took me about 10, 11 months, almost a year. Mm. So, like, it, so I had, lear- I took what I learned from my, that previous film, and just applied it to this film and you can see for Miles Morales New Kid it's a very short concise story that's one direction instead of me including a lot of people in that movie there's like maybe four or five people in that movie or less that are consistent in that movie now the cool thing about Static Shock Uprising um, um, I had written that movie after I had released while well, I was writing that movie after I released Miles Morales and New Kid, like it was still in in development and writing. Mm-hmm. By the time I finished writing the movie, my wife got pregnant. So I was like, "Dang! Like, there's no way I'm gonna be able to do this movie, and you know, have to deal with my wife being pregnant." So I literally had to put that movie on the shelf for about a year. And out and every day, you know, as a creator, you're like, "Yo, like." I need to do this movie like yo but again you know first things first I have to take care of home so um as my wife was pregnant and um I met Holden Hartman um and I sent him my script he loved the script and he uh helped me uh produce that film and um I want to say after my daughter was born about maybe want to say three or four months after my daughter was born we got that cast together literally within like two weeks. Wow. And we shot that whole film in seven days. In one week? In one week. And let me tell you why. So the the, the, the girl who plays Shanice in that film, she was moving to Atlanta. So I had to shoot her like now. Like she was moving. And on top of that, we, me and my wife were transitioning to move to Orlando because I had got a new job in Orlando. I got promoted and my wife had got a new job in Orlando and we were trying to move out here anyway to be close to her family and to see also embarking new opportunity. I literally shot that in seven days and um, Holden Hartman, a really good dude, helped me shoot that movie, produce that movie. And he, he did all of the special effects for that movie. And I did the sound effects in the post-production editing in that movie. And it literally took me about maybe two months of post-production, but seven days seven days of shooting. And let me tell you, I, I was so humbled. I was, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I was so, the reason why I was so humbled because 
the the obstacles that we had was um her the, the actress who plays uh Shanice her name is Yanisa uh, Montour really good person she was literally getting ready to leave and I was like yo like if I'm gonna use you I need to use you now and literally a lot of the villains in that film we just cast on the spot that was like yo I'm willing to do it same kind of scenario with the first film there were some people who were cast but they dropped out and side note like uh, the girl who plays Frida in this film, in that film, mm-hmm. is not the same person who played Frida in the last film. Right. So, so in the last film, um, Kaylee Stedman played Frida, and the reason why I couldn't get her for this film is because she was she was getting married herself, so I couldn't I couldn't get her down. So I recasted her. So there was a lot of recasting, a lot of rewrites, a lot of ads, a lot of taking away. And let me say, man, when you shoot a film, especially a short budget film like that in seven days, it's crazy. And that film cost $2,500. Whoa. And that film, and and what you see from that film is literally all the camera equipment. I bought a MacBook Pro for that film. I bought all the essentials I need to make sure that that film looked quality. Right. So that, so the obstacles for, uh, for make filmmaking, I mean, there's so many, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot that in this next film I'm developing, this time I'm actually going to pay people. That way, they have a reason to be there. You know what I'm saying? And I'm yeah. going to hire a staff, uh, hire an actual recording staff. So I'm getting that all together. Because the one thing I've learned about in terms of creating art, you're literally revamping and rebranding every day. But you take all the mistakes that you've learned. And you, and you say, okay, what can I do differently so that way this doesn't happen again? You know, so, and now now that I'm in Orlando, there's so many opportunities here, so many other people that I'm connected with that I'm like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go all out and do this. Like, this next film, you know, this next film I'm developing could be anywhere from ten dollars to $15,000. Possibly. Possibly. If I can get it, if I can get that number very low, I will. But, bruh, and I, and I, I want to point out to your listeners, I ain't got money like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't. However, the Lord has been blessing me with people who are using about, you know, two to three thousand dollars worth of equipment to make this film to to knock off the budget of this film. So. That, that kind of helps out where I don't necessarily have to pay for more equipment. However, I do have to pay the people. So, you know, I'm you know I, I'm trying to think big. Um, I know for a fact this next film is going to be a short film, but the sequel to that next film is going to be a feature film, like in a 90-minute film. So just get, getting all my eggs together. And I know this is kind of a long answer, but, yeah, that's, that's uh, a lot of the problems that I have uh, and obstacles that I have come across in making and making films. All right. And listen, Alex, this is this is your show, brother. Um, I, I appreciate you being so candid because that's another thing that people can tend to forget is although when you when you start a project, you 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 have to be frugal. And with that, I mean, you have to make every cent count. And with you having a, a first budget of $500, you understood the extent of that. So I think now when you come into contact with those larger budgets, 
you can now be more efficient whereas someone else just might blow everything and realize that they've come up short somewhere so exactly you, you've got the experience behind it you you know yeah all right so my next question is a little bit more of a personal one with you being okay. a, a husband and a dad like how do you find that balance between your work and your personal life so um like like every average person i work about 40 hours a week just like everybody else and um um, I will say that I what I try like it's not really a, a balance. It's more like okay, me and my wife like like me and my wife we work every day. Like like she works forty hours a week. I work forty hours a week. Mm -hmm. And then our, our our baby girl is in daycare for maybe about five days, sometimes four days out of a week, depending on how many days me and my wife have off. And the days that I have off. Um, you know, I spend time with my daughter and, you know, we, we hang out, I play with her, we, you know, we chill and everything. And, um, when she's sleeping, I, and while my wife is at work, I'm in, I'm in the studio developing films. I'm in the studio creating, um, content. I'm in the studio recording episodes of Ask Alex for my channel. And, right. um, and a lot of times, you know, you have to find that open mouth. like, for instance, like with my wife. When she comes home, like if we both have an off day, nine times out of ten we're spending time with one another. Like we're, you know, watching a movie, you know, or going out to eat, or just talking and talking about our days, you know, our weeks and how we've been. Because I noticed that when we're working forty hours a week, we hardly see each other except for when we come home, either late at night or early the next morning, depending on how demanding our, you know, our jobs are. Mm -hmm. So, um. I try to take whatever extra time I have um, to create my art. And my wife is a huge supporter of mine. And she she may not understand a lot of the things that I do in terms of the, the art that I create, but she does understand where I want to be and where I want to take it. So she's very she's very um, understanding of what I'm trying to accomplish. Because I've, I've told her many times, like, I don't really want to work for anyone. I want to work for myself and mm -hmm. provide for my family. You know, I, I want to be a full-time filmmaker at some point working on, you know, one day I would love to be, you know, either in a MCU movie or working <laughs> on an MCU movie. Right. You know? Right. <clears throat> or if I could like, for instance, like the next film that I'm doing, well, I'll say this static shock uprising was nominated in a uh, film a film festival. It was the film festival back in Wisconsin, I think, that I submitted to. It was nominated for uh, Best Storyteller. And uh, it, didn't, it didn't win. And what it told me was is that, okay, for my next film, before I put it out to the public, let me see how, let me see if I can shop it, like put it in film festivals, mm -hmm. see what awards it could win or get nominated for. Like, I'm take so I I take the little extra time that I have to develop my content and I realized that uh, you know us moving to Orlando was a huge change and a culture shock for us right. uh, definitely um, financially it was because definitely paying bills in Orlando is drastically different paying bills in Pensacola <laughs> so 
it's, it's so, so different. And I, 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 I said, okay, you know, what, how am I going to balance? Well, not really balance, but do my art and also focus on family. Well, for family, I say, well, family and God come first to me. Right. So, um, when I can, I spend time with my wife and, you know, there are times where I've, uh, I spend more time with my art than my family. And I, you know, and again, like as a creative person, I'm sure you know about this as a creative person, when you're so wrapped in your art, you know, you don't think about anything else. And I had to learn, like, I really had to learn that, you know, my wife wants me to be there. It doesn't matter if I'm just sitting right next to her. She wants me to be there with her instead of me being away from her. So I had to learn that. And you just have to find that that balance of what your home life is and i'll say this that you know again uh, with my wife being supportive um the the times where i like like now like my wife's at work now my daughter's at daycare now and i have time now to edit edit a video and um do this interview with you Mm -hmm. and as i'm doing this interview with you this is the time where i can be more creative and tell the people tell your listeners how i become how i become the man that, I'm, that i am now and finding uh you know that balance and um just you know developing different things so so yeah man uh, i would just encourage people who need to find a balance it's just you know if you have a significant other um let them know you know where your heart is and if you have time like i put it to you like this um I was telling one of my cousins this. I said, you know how everybody's raving about watching and binging Netflix shows and all this other different stuff? Right. Well, in that time you're watching Netflix, you can spend that same amount of time creating your art. Fact. I mean, and that's what I did. So, like, for instance, like, a lot of my homeboys are telling me, oh, yo, did you see season two of My Hunter? I'm like, nah. Well, what are you doing? Creating art. Right. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And, and that's not to say that people who do that are wasting time. But like for instance, like I could be, I could be watching that right now. But I'd rather be doing something that could benefit me in the future. So, yeah. like, like now, I guarantee my typical day, I'm coming home. Like if, like, say, if I'm, I come home early, and my wife gets off work, and she brings home the baby. Well, I'll spend time with the baby, and she'll go, she'll take her nap. My wife is probably in her room sleep, and while I'm in the living room chilling, I'm gonna go in the studio and create content. And that could be up to two, maybe three hours. I don't know, but I'm gonna take advantage of the time that I have instead of wasting it on a TV show that will always be there. So mm-hmm. um, I, I will say that I never really found balance, but I figured out a way to maneuver my time to create the things that I love doing. Right, right. I, I, I feel like the the overall theme is prioritization. You know? Yeah. When when you want to succeed at something, you'll invest the time necessary. And you, yeah. you cut out the chaff, you know? So I respect that. Uh, that's something I've come into contact with myself. Uh, so if anybody's getting a crash course in learning that, it's me because I usually, like you said, would, you know, on my days off, watch some Netflix, play my PlayStation. But as of late, uh, it's funny, my PlayStation was struck by lightning and 
since that's happened, I've never been so productive. <laughs> it's funny. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it, it, it worked. You know, it's a double-edged sword, but it, it worked out in my favor in the end. All right. So my next question, Alex, is more of a of an experience question. Okay. Of, of all your memories, uh, is there one in particular that you would say is the most memorable? Oh, like, like just in creating content or just in general? Both, actually. Okay, so. Okay, so I'm going to give you probably two or three memories of creating content. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but personally, I mean, uh, personally, one of my biggest memories that I remember is uh, my mom would tell me all the time. Um that I'm more than a conqueror. Mm. She would tell me that, you know, um, you don't realize, like her and um, I call my older, my older brother, uh, Mr. Tyler Burns, he said, you, he, they would always tell me, you are, you don't realize the potential that you have. Like, you are so much bigger than what you think you are. And for the longest time, I could never understand understand that. Like I'd never like to this day. Sometimes it freaks me out. And when I look at just all the stuff I've co- I've accomplished since January up until now, I'm like, and even past January, like just things I've accomplished in general, I'm like, wow. Like, is this what you guys were talking about? Because right. like, like, like my first experience of ever meeting and meeting someone that I looked up to was when I went to Pensacon and I met the original Power Rangers and then I met John Barrowman and then I met uh, one of the actors from Legends of Tomorrow. I was like floored because I never thought I would get to a point where I would meet these people. Mm-hmm. And and from that and from that point on I was like, okay, I have to take it a step further like I have to take it a step for, further not only as a content creator but as a as a man like I want to my mom always would tell me you got to think outside the box you got to think outside the box and you know not everything in the box is going to be good for you but once you think outside of it you'll know how to use everything that's in that box to make it work out for you so I was like okay so I, so just memories with my mom, and then obviously uh, one of the best memories is uh, is uh, um, marrying my wife, and, uh, and then having our beautiful daughter. Um, so I have a lot, and then also one of my one of my other favorite memories is just meeting a lot of my college family, who actually uh, who actually a lot of them actually live here in Orlando. So my move to Orlando was basically. We'll be reuniting with a lot of family, a family that I went to school with. So mm-hmm. um, it was just those memories in general. Though I, I cherish a lot, especially my friends, family, loved ones, and just the things that they have poured into me. Now, content-wise, the best memory that I have is when I met, when I uh, finally got a chance to uh, interview uh, this uh, this actor director. And writing and acting coach Choice Skinner. Now, if mm-hmm. anybody who doesn't know who Choice Skinner is, he he's done 
uh, a lot of short films, and he's also done some things in movies and TV as well. But the cool thing about Troy Skinner is that um, he made this uh, fan film called Black Light Needs to Buy His Revenge, which I encourage everybody to go watch. Right. It's an, it's an amazing, amazing short film. And how I got in contact with him is that I did this thing called on my YouTube channel called My Top 10 Black Directors. And he was on that list. And I tagged him in it on Instagram. And, you know, when you tag certain actors and famous people, you don't, you don't think that they're going to respond back. So I, I assumed he would never respond back. Turns out that he was so touched by that video. Like, he was in tears. And I was, I promise you, I was so floored by what he told me. I was like, I never thought that I could touch you, know, touch you like that. Like, I... Like, because you are a person that I looked up to. Like, Toy Skinner is somebody I studied in college. Mm. And, and it's crazy, like, it was it was crazy that I got a chance to meet, well, not necessarily meet him in person, but I got to interview him. Right. And um, talk to him. And to this day now, we have a great relationship. Like, I talk to him from time to time. And he's such a great guy. And I can't wait to meet him in person. But, but yeah, so that's, one of my other great memories. Another great memory in creating content, um, just, you know, and I posted about this about, I guess, about a few months ago, about five months ago, literally from 2016 up into 2018, I made three consecutive films. I I don't know nobody who can do that with a small budget right. in three years. Like, and to me, that was such a, a milestone, like, yo, in three years, each of those years, I put out a film, and if you and all three of them are doing well on my channel, they're still getting views now. Mm -hmm. and I'm like, yo, that's, that's that that it just blows my mind. That's crazy. And um, I'll give you two quick ones. Okay. Another one is when I uh, interviewed uh, Robert Meyer Burnett from the John Campia show, uh, and he uh, he uh, I, I've actually built a relationship with him as well linked up with him he's actually a really great dude had an amazing time interviewing him so that was dope and um another one is when i went to megacon here in orlando i met mike colter if you go to my facebook page oh man you'll see all my, you'll see all the photos i took but i took a picture with mike colter luke cage right and, and then i took a picture with steven amell's green era then i met you know nakia barice uh the yellow Zio and Turbo Power Ranger. Right. And then I met Zachary Levi's Shazam. Like, the, and mind you, like, if you would have told me I would have been doing everything that I just mentioned, I would have said, you are smoking on crack. <laughs> right. Because I guarantee you, the stuff that I'm doing right now, like, I never thought I would be doing, like, like I never thought I would own a Mac. Does anybody know how how much a MacBook costs? Oh, I I uh, I work for Apple, so I'm very well aware. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So when I when I purchased my MacBook, and like that was the collective effort between me and my wife. That was like when they told me how much it was. I was like, Yo, do I get speakers? Yo, do I get like a 401k plan? Like, but. When I, and it's funny, it's funny that I say that because 
that fifteen hundred dollars that I spent is so so worth it. Right. Because the content that I was able to create, I don't know if I was I would be able to do that if I didn't make that investment within myself. And that's another thing that I had to learn in doing this is that if you don't invest in yourself, you'll never know what type of potential that you can reach. And that's not saying you need a MacBook to do that. I'm just saying like if you don't take the time to invest in yourself, you'll just never know. So those what I would have to say my greatest memories. Another great memory, a recent interview I just did, um, is with Rossica Mather from Wildin' Out. Yeah. Like, like, yo, like, I reached out to her and she was waiting on me to send her a message. She was waiting on me to hit her up because I had interviewed the pre the previous interview I interviewed an actor that she was friends with that I didn't even know. And I was like, wow, like, this is just crazy. And, and it's funny, I just recently did an interview with someone that I will announce later on, but um, yeah, like, when I, when y'all see who I interviewed, I'm telling y'all gonna be, y'all gonna be like, what the hell, how did you get this? But anyway, that's neither here nor there. But anyway, but yeah, like, it's, I would say those would be my greatest memories that I have done prior to, uh, making content and also just in my personal life as well all right brother that's that's amazing man yeah i i'm a i'm a huge fan of your interviews and um i i to, if i may offer you your flowers while, while i have you on the phone i admired how engaged you are with your conversations um i watched that in uh, interview with rossica mather and uh it was hilarious because you were maintaining your composure as you know someone representing your brand but at the same time i could see the excitement on your face because you were still in disbelief that you were actually talking with her so i, I think that was really cool um i watched a few others as well uh i believe i watched um i think it was is it camille i can't think of her last name oh yeah camille malukas yes yeah. i watched that one as well and man, like you, you have a a penchant with the the questions you ask. Mm -hmm. You draw out the best in them, uh, and what I mean by that is you you get them to revisit memories that either they forgot about or that they're excited to tell the story behind the scenes on. And I think that's okay. important. So you kind of keep me sharpening my blade when I'm doing these interviews. So thank you, brother. Oh, anytime, bro. Any way I can be an inspiration, man. I, that that's that's very encouraging to hear, man. And I'm glad that you and uh, you uh, watch my uh, my content and learn and learn and take some things from it, man. And I've always told Malcolm that, you know, Mal not just Malcolm but others. Well, when I receive an interview, that's a win for everybody. Yes. Yeah. You 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 learn from the interview that I did, and if someone like me can get Rosica Mather, I'm sure anybody else can get her or anyone bigger than her you know right right all right so that leads me to my next question and i call this the inverse question because it's it's technically the opposite of the previous question mm -hmm. at any point did you feel that you wouldn't be successful and if so who or what changed your mind <coughs> so um i'm just gonna be hundred percent honest so I uh, I noticed that 
after my daughter was born and I had just put out, not after my daughter was born, I'm sorry, uh, after I just put out Static Shock Uprising, that my channel, my YouTube channel was not, I was not where I felt like it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I had started YouTube back in 2009, um, as I stated earlier, just you know, uploading random videos. But I had became consistent in 2016, and I noticed the highest views of of my videos were uh, my films, which I was okay with. But you know, I had I had had started Hero TV which I felt as though was, it was, mind you, it was a superhero show, so if you're not into superheroes, you wouldn't, you, you wouldn't watch it if you're not into it. But I felt as though it should have been, it should have been as big as it should, and that's kind of the reason why I'm kind of rebranding that right now. And I noticed that, you know, my movie reviews were not getting that many views, and I, I noticed that, uh, I did. I started a, a show called Gaming with Alex, where I'm playing these different games on my Xbox, and that show wasn't getting that many views. And I was like, "Dang!" I was just like, I was discouraged. I, I'm, not, I'm not gonna lie. I like, I was literally about to quit because I felt as though that people were only watching my content for my movies. And don't get me wrong, I'm glad that you're watching my movies. But are you watching my other stuff as well? Right. Because nobody can put out a movie and like, you know, like for instance, the way I put out episodes of Ask Alex, nobody can put out films like that each week. That's really hard. Right. Unless you have them already pre-recorded and edited and all that other stuff. That other than that, that's really hard. So I noticed that you know, I felt like I wasn't becoming making original content because I had did a series prior to um, putting out um, my, my film Static Shock Rising called My Top 10 Black Superheroes, which you can still go see on my YouTube channel, where I give a list of uh, top 10 black heroes that I love. And each individual videos got over 100 views per, per video. And I was like, okay, cool. Some of them have a couple thousand views. So I was like, okay, clearly I'm gaining some form of traction, but I felt as though that I was failing. So I remember at the time I was being sponsored by this uh, small comic book company called uh, Squad Block Comics who sponsored Hero TV. So they submitted, they sent me my green screen and lights. And <clears throat> at the time as I'm studying my, uh, my MacBook, because at the time I didn't, uh, really understand like uh, iMovie or Final Cut because I've always been a Windows guy I was like okay I gotta figure out how to do this the right way so that way people can view my content mm-hmm. so I studied it and I figured out how to use the green screen and lights the proper way And I was just um, even in incorporating my green screen and lights I still felt as though I wasn't you know being successful so one particular time <clears throat> um way before i changed my channel to momentum media i uh we had my wife had moved down to orlando first because she she had started her job up here first so i was still in pensacola for about two or three weeks mm. and at the last job i was at 
I was hired as a DJ from time to time. I was hired as a DJ for their Christmas party. <clears throat> so this one guy, one of my coworkers who works in a worked in a different part at a, worked at a different department who I'd never met before, was watching me DJ and he loved how I controlled the crowd. Like we were having so much fun, and he just came up to me and he's just like, you know, you know, I don't know who you are. But there's something great inside you that needs to be known, needs to be seen by people. And I love what you're doing in regards to this DJing. And I see a huge creative side in you that I feel as though that everyone that you're connected to is going to just bring right out of you. You don't even realize it. And mind you, we're at this 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 Christmas party while I'm DJing. Everybody's getting turned. Uh, turn. There's alcohol. That alcohol is involved. So I just assume this guy is probably tipsy, <laughs> telling me all these things. <clears throat> like no joke. I just I just assume that. So I was just like, all right, okay. And then it dawned on me that maybe this is just a sign from God. So one more thing. That 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 very next day, I I came home. Um, I came home from work, and um. Uh, somebody, I forget who it was, I think it was one of my church members, somebody emailed me a a Final Cut Redeem code that I could use to purchase Final Cut Pro for my MacBook. Wow. And, you know, and you know, you work at Apple, Final Cut Pro is $300. Yes, it is, (laughs) $299.99. Exactly, that's $300 that I did not have. You know, and someone sent that to me, and I was like, wow like it was just and this was all during the time where i'm still developing um static shock uprising it hadn't even i was we were still in post-production of that movie so when they sent me that and i was and i was like man this is i was blessed by it so when we got to orlando when it was all said and done when we got to orlando and um i started my new job maybe literally a week after i got here um, me and Malcolm came together, like I was saying before, and came up with the name Momentum Media. And I noticed that after I changed the name and I got Final Cut Pro and I started learning it, I noticed that my videos have hidden a certain spike where each video is getting almost 100 views per video. And when I started Ask Alex in the beginning of 2019, I needed something to talk about movies and pop culture. And I used that show in particular to talk about a lot of great movie news, a lot of great uh, things that are happening in pop culture, mm-hmm. a lot of things that are just happening in, just in, in, in the world in general. And right now, if anybody's ever watched Collider movies or Screen Junkies right now, I can say that my content is on par with a Collider and a screen just in terms of production. Right. It's on par in terms of production. And so if I didn't have that one stranger inspiring me to go forward and then having one of my church members bless me with a Final Cut Pro code and then the encouragement from my wife and and again, networking with people like you and Malcolm, I don't honestly think Momentum Media would be where it is. Like, And, and part of that, and I have to attribute that just the people that I've networked with and connected with because again like 
And I have to point back to this interview I just did. I really want to say who I interviewed, but I said I would wait. But <laughs> this dude that I interviewed, like, you would have, if you would have told me that I would have interviewed him, I, again, I would have think that you were crazy. And I have to give credence to no, no other than God, my family, and just networking. And networking. And, you know, I also, I have to give Malcolm a lot of credit as well because Malcolm was my first interview. Wow. And from that point on, it changed completely. Uh, the, the other people I've interviewed. And, you know, I'm sure you watched Malcolm's content. Yeah. He's interviewed almost all of the Power Rangers. He's interviewed literally almost all of, uh, <laughs> of all of people who've been involved in um, acting or directing. I mean, the guy, and, I, and I, it's funny, we were having this conversation literally a couple of days ago. I said, Malcolm, you have over a thousand videos that you created from your phone. Right. You know, look at my look at my channel. I barely use my phone. You know what I'm saying? And 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 I'm like that that in itself, that type of stuff inspires me. So just a lot of moving parts. And then it's funny when I'm when I interviewed uh Troy Skinner, he he told me that he told me that I in in a certain way he told me that I am opening doors to inspire others. And that just told me to keep going and keep going because I can tell you, when you're reaching out to interview people, it's an exciting and and a discouraging process. Very discouraging. Because there have been plenty of people who have told me no. And those same people who have told me no, some of them now want to interview with me. So, I mean, it can, it's, it's it's a very jarring thing, especially like, like I only have over 2,500 subscribers. And that's not a lot compared to other media media publications. However, I've achieved a lot of things in such a short amount of time. Mind you, I changed the name to Momentum Media back in January. It's now almost the end of September, you know. So, and in the course of that time, I've made a lot of um, connections with people outside of Orlando, connections within people within Orlando, and I've networked. So they're like, so that's why I say I'm glad that I was able to come on the show today and network with you because that brings more of my fans to you and also your fans to me. Like we're helping each other. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? So like I love this type of stuff. So if I had to answer that question, that's how I would put that together. All right. All right. <laughs> I love that, brother, uh, because you, you you showed both aspects. You know. I always say if if you're going to sell someone on the dream of believing in themselves, you have to show those high and lows to really relate to that person because there's both sides on on every pursuit. You know, you're going to have those days where you feel like you're on top of the world. You're going to have those days where you feel like, man, am I really doing the right thing? Am I doing it the right way? You know, those come with the territory. So I, I just appreciate you being candid about it and speaking on it. All right. So. My next question. <laughs> I laugh because I call this the long-term question. Okay. Where would you like to see yourself and Momentum Media in the next one year, three years, and then ten years? So, uh, okay. Uh, and you know what? I can announce this. So, <coughs> previously I had announced 
in one of my thank you videos where I I, I thanked my audience for uh uh hold on uh I thank my audience for um for helping me reach over twenty five hundred uh subscribers. And I said that in the next upcoming year, like next year, in 2020, I'll be developing my short film. But with Momentum Media, where I would see myself is actually, you know, built like, and I'll go ahead and announce, just come out and say it. I'm building my own studio. Mm -hmm. So I want to have an official studio probably within, because me and my wife are going to buy a house. So it's going to be definitely within my house, but I'm going to definitely, um, build my own studio and um, hire like a, a co-host to be on Ask Alex Ooh. and um, other and other things that I'm doing. I'm also in, in the next year, just next year, um, I'm going to have a, uh, a show called the Falcon and Winter Soldier After Show. And Jeremy, I would love to have you on that show. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> to just review the episodes that we watch because I'm sure... You're gonna get Disney Plus. I mean, oh yeah, not get Disney Plus. <laughs> so, but also next year. So next year, I'm planning on um, going to at least three Comic Cons and trying to. So mm -hmm. I see Momentum Media being a part of those Comic Cons. So definitely in 2020, in April of 2020, you're definitely gonna see Momentum Media at MegaCon in Orlando. That's number one. Definitely gonna to try to be at Pensacon in 2020 as well. Because uh, Pensacola is my hometown, and then I'm going to definitely try to go to uh, Dragon Con in Orlando. Not Orlando, sorry, in Atlanta. Um, so those are the three cons that I have planned. I know for a fact, MegaCon I'm going to, Pensacola I have to plan out. I'm definitely going to try to do that, and um, Dragon Con definitely going to do that because I have family back in Atlanta as well. So um, definitely. And um, those are my plans for 2020. Um, and also in 2020, I'll be shooting my original. I, I will announce that this new original film is a superhero film that I developed, that I own 100% of the rights to. It's not based off any other character. It's mine. It's mine. It's something Black-owned that Momentum Media will produce. And it will, it will be a short film. And I'll also I'll be uh producing a comic book run with it so i'm looking for i'm looking at different comic book artists to draw my character help me tell this story on a comic book page mm -hmm. and also on the on the film side tell a film story about this comic book character as well so i can i'm really more excited for that than all the other stuff that i announced but but yeah so next year that's why i feel like that's that's the that's the plan in five years, I plan on. In five years, I see myself um, at one of the panelists at San Diego Comic Con. Okay. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, one of the panelists at San Diego Comic Con. I see myself <clears throat> really, um, really creating a bond with the Collider and Screen Junkies crew. Okay. I, um, I see myself. Um, by by five years, I see myself at least with at least two or maybe three films that are either um, on my YouTube channel or out on a theater run. Like for instance, like well, actually, I'll say this. I can announce this. Um, 
this next short film that I'm doing, and I said it earlier that I'll be shopping it around. If it's successful, I'm gonna try to get it on Netflix. Wow. So, if I get it on Netflix five years from now, the actual feature film is gonna be on either Netflix or an actual theater chain. <coughs> Sorry, I'm just getting over a cold, but <clears throat> yo, you're but fine. Anyway, that's what I see in the next five years. In the next ten years, well, actually, I'm gonna make that part of my five-year plan. My five-year plan. I'm also gonna try to make connections to other studios like Warner Brothers, Disney, uh, Universal. Um, Universal and Fox is already here in Orlando, so definitely gonna try to reach out to them in terms of making some form of a media publication deal or something. Um, I definitely wanna be in the conversation of creating content for studios as well with using my my company as a production company so develop so i definitely see momentum media in two sides so you have the media company that's putting out a lot of stuff on the internet like ask alex and a lot of movie news Mm -hmm. superhero stuff but on the other side i see it as a production company either producing my own films or other people's films and also doing music videos and also doing other form of production. So, and then that's what I'm currently doing now. Like, I, I re- not recently, but maybe about about a few months ago, I shot a music video for one of my friends. And that was under the Momentum Media banner. So, by five years, I wanted to be developed where I'm a production company and a media company. And by the time I hit that 10-year mark, Momentum Media is going to have its own building. 10 years from now, we're going to be, I'm going to have, me and me and Momentum Media are going to have conversations about this particular, uh, not Momentum Media. Me and Marvel, or maybe DC, are going right. to have conversations about putting my original character in one of their films and see what we can break off with, you know, possibly. Um, I also, in ten years, I want to produce uh, TV shows that are on networks right now or streaming services, like you know, like uh, anything that could be on Disney Plus. Or anything that could be on BET, um, or uh, just uh, or uh, what's another one? FX. I love FX. Um, uh, Universal, CBS, those types of things. I want to. Um, and by then, by ten years, it's I would have already developed films, TV series, and all this other stuff all under my brand. So I have a a humongous plan of where I see momentum going, momentum media going. <coughs> if done if done right, and none of the the the, uh, the guidance of God. So yeah, I mean I am really excited. I can't wait to see what God has for me. But um but yeah, I'm just I'm just praying and I'm, I have a dollar and a dream hoping to make some cream. So <laughs> yeah. That's that's where I see my company going all right well bro i i i with your drive i expect nothing less from you and uh all i'm saying is if you do make it to that comic con panel just give your boy a shout out that's all i need all right all right so alex uh this is my last question and i i always dedicate this question to the people that's listening because the hardest thing you can do 
is take an idea and share it with the world. You know, it's the scariest step that you could possibly take. What words of encouragement would you have for someone who has an idea, who's passionate about it, but just afraid to share it with the world? Um, okay, so I'm going to just be 100% honest. Hey, let's do it. And um, I don't want anybody to get offended by what I'm about to say. So <laughs> uh, I just want to preface this by saying, you know, hey, this is my opinion. And I think that it's not it's not a fact, but it's just my opinion. I think that everybody should at least think about what I'm about to say. One, if you're creating something that you're planning on sharing for the world, you have, and this is this is a big one for everyone who, who are very precious about their art, you have to be open to criticism. Mm. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing. Like, you have to be up. Like, for instance, you watch Static Shock, the movie right now. There mm. are a lot of people who like it. There are a lot of people who don't like it either. Like, Check out the comments. There, I'm sure you'll find plenty of comments of people who say, "Oh, this is stupid. I don't know why you did this." Yada yada. Like, check out the comments. I, I'm pretty sure you'll see there's there are people who are on there <clears throat> who don't like it. But I guarantee you, the reward is so much bigger than, <clears throat> than what you think it is. Because I will say this is that. If I hadn't created Static Shock, the movie, I would have probably never made a movie at all. Mm. And, you know, it's funny. I, 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 I've heard Steve Harvey say in his book, Soar, he said that, you know, if you jump, if you, if you, if you jump off that cliff, you don't know that your parachute will open. It's not going to open the first time you jump. But the more you keep jumping, it will eventually open. And I can promise you, once it does open, you're going to soar and just bask in all the things that you've been praying for. For some, that may take like a year. For some, that may take over 10 years. You got to do it. Like, for instance, I've been doing YouTube since 2009. But I was I was I, I wasn't consistent, so I became consistent in 2016 when I put out my first film. And I can tell you that I started off with maybe 1,500 subscribers, and I've gotten over I've gotten over 2,500 subscribers, all with me being consistent. So you have to, and that's just me being open to the criticism. Like even now, like with the show that I do now with uh, Ask Alex. Not everybody's gonna agree with my opinion. They're not. Right. They're not. And you have to you have to be man enough or woman enough to take that. So <clears throat> the one thing I would say is that you have to be open to um criticism. Another thing you have to do is just do it. Just do it. All my life I've been told, go to school, get your degree. Then you can plan and do all this other stuff. When I watch, you know, when I look at Black Nerd on YouTube, mm-hmm. that man's been on YouTube since 2006. Yep. Has a huge following. That man, and he probably does have a degree, but 
he's been doing a lot of great things within his content, and he didn't need a college degree for. So I'm not, and I'm not, and this is not me crapping on college, on going to school and getting your education. If you need to get your education, I encourage everyone to get your education. However, I don't want that to be your your only thing that you need to do to do something that you want to do, whether it's in media, music, film, or whatever. You have to do it. Like I said, uh, was speaking earlier, you have to take that jump. You have to take that leap. Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey also says, if you don't take that leap, I can promise you that your parachute will never open. Mm. Will never open. So if you don't have those two things where you're open to people's criticism and if you um and if um you're not willing to take that leap, you'll never know like and I'm just being honest, moving to Orlando was not that grand, glamorous thing for me and my family because I mean granted we had things lined up but we were still struggling and I'm glad that we are able to reap the opportunities that we got and but I can tell you that was one big jump where we did get cut up on those rocks. We did get hurt from that landing, but little by little, me and my wife's parachute is opening. And it's and to a degree, it's scary. It's very scary because I'm being re- like now, I'm in a position now where I'm being, I'm, I'm talking to actors and directors, managers about getting them on my show. Like coming to Orlando and filming in my home studio. See, nice. that that that's something that that's that that's something that I would never thought would ever happen. <clears throat> Excuse me. So you have to take that jump. And another thing that I have to say is, stop being fearful. Oh my God, I can't tell you how many times I've talked to people and even dealing with myself personally, how fear has stopped us from doing things. Listen. When I started YouTube, I did not start off with a thousand subscribers. Okay, <laughs> I did. I started off like everybody else from zero. You have to not be fearful. Put something out. You have to put something out, and to be open for the criticism, you have to take that leap, and you cannot be fearful. There, there are content creators now. I won't say who, but there are content creators now who are not putting out stuff because they believe that they're not getting the views that they that that they should and I'm like it's not about that it's about you putting it out mm-hmm. and then going to the next one and to the next one and another thing which is a big thing that <clears throat> every person should do who's in any form of media is consistency let me say it again for the people in the back it's consistency if you are on YouTube or you have any form of podcast and you let's just say you have a good fan base if you're just starting out if you're just starting out, I would tell people, put out one video a week or maybe one podcast a week. But if you have over 500 or 1,000 subscribers, or not even that, if you have over 100 subscribers, you need to put out two podcasts a week or two videos a week. Mm-hmm. You have 1,000 subscribers, okay, put out three videos a week. Four, and then as you get, as you get higher, you need to put out more content so you can stay in the conversation. So consistency is a big key. You cannot just 
put out one video one week, and then three weeks later you put out another one. Right. Three weeks have gone by. No one's gonna remember who you are. You can't, you gotta at least put out at least one video a week. And if I can't like for me, with and again it goes back to balance and life and stuff. I have a wife. I have a child. I have a very demanding job. Right. Mm-hmm. I still, with all of that, can put out one or two videos a week. With all of that, so to me, it's like I said, it's, I'm not going to say there isn't a, an excuse, but if you really want it, you will find time to do it. Like I said, while you're out playing, you know, PlayStation or Xbox or Nintendo Switch, that same amount of time you're playing that is the same amount of time you can be working on your craft. And the last and final point in terms of um, doing this, <clears throat> you got to love it. You mm. have to love it. There are people who are doing this thing because they see other people doing it. Well, if you see other people doing it and you really don't love it, then you probably shouldn't do it. I mean, I mean, and what I say you shouldn't do it is that if you don't love it and you're doing it because you like, for instance, I, I, I have a love hate relationship with mixtape rappers for these reasons. Yeah. <laughs> There's some of y'all who actually love the craft. There's some of y'all who were only rapping because you heard Drake say something, something inspirational, and that that required you to make a song, and then that's all we got is one song from you. Right. You don't want to make anything else, and that's and I'm not saying that's not a bad thing, but I'm like, if you really didn't love it, why did you stop? Like, why? I mean, why did you even do it in the first place? So you've got to love what you're creating. I mean, I can't stress that enough. You have to love it. And and it also ties into you cannot give up on it. You can you and, and you know, regardless if you're married or not, you are your biggest fan. My wife is my biggest fan, but I do I know for a fact that I am my biggest fan as well. My wife <coughs> got and God bless her heart, she will never um she would never come in here, come in my studio, and make content for me. That will never happen. You can't expect somebody else that you love to make the content that you love for yourself. You have to do it for yourself. And like I said, you know, as a uh, content creator, there's not like prime example. Last night, I got home at twelve o'clock at night. You know what I did last night while my family was asleep? What's Writing that? my film from twelve to four a.m. Like mm. it's a, it's a, you have to have that constant grind. You don't have that constant grind and that love and that drive. Like, you know, you're not, you, you're, you're almost fooling yourself. So, I would say those key things: you have to be open to criticism. Mm. You have to just jump and do it. You have to do it. You have to be consistent. You gotta love it, and you cannot give up. Like I say, man, it's. It's one of those things where you got to keep going. And even if you never get successful, I'm willing to bet you, if you keep at it, you'll see that success in small, small ways that will ultimately become very big. So I would say, like, for instance, like, you know, it's funny. You you posted on Facebook that you reached 100 subscribers on YouTube, which that is a great milestone. I'm so proud of you doing that. Thank you. But that's from you putting in the work and constantly putting out content. 
now, now you're being expected of to keep doing that so you can gain more subscribers, more listeners, more readers, more everything. So, yeah, like if you if you believe in it and you love it, keep doing it. So that would be my thing for that. <coughs> Thank you, brother. Um, yeah, man, that 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 milestone was huge because for a while it was stagnant, like I said, because I, I wasn't putting it on the forefront. And I was listening to a podcast and uh, a young lady said, you can't expect your venture to reach its peak if you're not putting the same effort that you do at your day job into yourself. Mm-hmm. And that, that drives home what you're saying. You You really have to make time if you really want it. And, and that's what I've been doing. And uh, again, thank you for that. And like I said, I look at you guys like Malcolm, uh, Jeremy Branch over at I Hate Movies. And and I, I, I admire you guys because you guys just genuinely love what you're doing, regardless of what people think. And I'm learning to do that. Just put out content, even if I think it, it may not be up to par. I still put it out there because you know what i think the people may want may not be what they want what i may think they don't want they may want so i just just focusing on being consistent is a big a big thing for me so thank you thank you brother oh anytime bro all right so alex uh before we go i want to ask if anybody wanted to reach you whether it be about momentum media where it be about you know a one-on-one or Maybe they just want to get in contact with you to pick your brain. How could they reach you on social media? So the way you can reach me, I, I would encourage everyone to go to my YouTube channel. Um, just type in uh, Momentum Media. I'm the first thing that pops up. And you'll see uh, <clears throat> on my YouTube channel, I do uh, uh, this show called Ask Alex um, two days a week, um, sometimes one day a week. Um, and um, you can get to, you can send me an email actually at the askalexshow at gmail.com if you want your question or topic on my show. <clears throat> you can also send you can also send me another email if you just want to link up with me and just talk to me or interview me or just ask me some pointers of that nature. So you can do that as well. Um, you can also hit me up on Instagram at Mr. Alex Hampton. Um, if you hit me up on Instagram, I post a lot of cool things on there as well, a lot of funny memes and stuff. So yeah, hit hit me up through there as well. You can also follow me on Twitter at Mr. Alex Hampton as well. So that's where you can initially get in contact with me. Also, like if you want to look at all of my content, I encourage you to go back to my YouTube channel as well. Um, we post a lot of cool things. We're developing a lot of new stuff here at Momentum Media. So I'm actually really excited uh, wrapping up this year. And I'm going into the next year of what's to come for my channel. So, I mean, if you really want to see what we're going to be doing for the next 12 months, you really want to tune into my channel because I'm about to do some stuff that is very unprecedented that I'm about to do some stuff that YouTube has probably never seen before. So, yeah, definitely hit me up through YouTube and catch me on Instagram. And you can also catch me on Twitter as well. All right. Well, brother, Alex, it's been a pleasure sitting here talking with you, man. I really appreciate you taking time out your day because I know you got things to do, people to see and all that. So uh, on behalf of 2020, you've been awesome, brother. I look forward to to working with you again. And, um, yeah, man, I'll be glad to be a guest on your channel. 
uh, you know, whenever this Disney Plus thing gets, you know, up and running in November, I, I'd be more than happy to, brother. Yeah, man, definitely. Um, I'm going to be, um, I'm going to, and I'll announce it on your show that I'm doing a uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier after show. And each, and each episode, I'll have a different guest or a different set of guests on the show just talking about the, about the uh, episode we just watched. And yeah, I, I want to definitely include you and Malcolm and everybody else that we, we hang with and other people as well on this after show. Uh, and yeah, man, I want to make sure that we get all of our um, our names out there so that way people can follow our content and that way we can all be one cohesive group. So yeah, I would love to have you on the show, man. All right, brother. Well, brother, I'm not going to hold you up any longer. Um, again, if you're listening to this and you want that information that he provided, it's in the description bar below. If you're watching this on YouTube, same thing. Just click down there, go give his a channel a follow, and, you know, hit him up. Uh, very responsive guy. Always great to talk to. Alex, thank you, brother. Thank you, Jeremy, and thank you, everybody, for listening.